Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And a happy Friday to you. I pray that wherever you are this Friday afternoon, 1240 p.m. Central Time, that you are blessed. Blessed in the Lord. Blessed in your coming. Blessed in your going. I pray that the overflow and the outpouring of the Spirit of the living God is upon you and it is fill, filling your life, causing tremendous growth inside of you. Growth unto what? Growth unto the end that you and I are transformed. You and I are conformed into the very image of Jesus Christ. Well, this is Ronell Tate, and you are listening to Watching Live, the Father's Table podcast. I am your host, as well as the lead pastor of the Father's House Frisco, as well as the co-founder of the Father's and director of the Father's House of Prayer. And I welcome you. I am so grateful, <clears throat> so thankful to be with you again in the presence of the Lord. It is our desire today to make the name of Jesus famous, to let the name of Jesus find its place of being over your life, over your home, over my life, over my home, the place where the Father can declare his name, a place where he can find rest in your home, a place where he is welcome, where he is desired, where he is longed for. Uh, we are looking for the remnant today, those wherever they may be, in every state, <clears throat> in every country, those who say we want your way and your way alone. Those who say, come, lead my life. For in Romans 8, 14, we are told that it is only those who are led by the Spirit of God who can claim to be the mature sons and daughters of God. Only those who are led by Holy Spirit in this moment, in this hour, in this day, can lay claim to this fact. But the scripture says those are the ones who are no longer babies, no longer only feeding on milk, but who can dive into the deeper things of the Lord. They are led, which means that we have given ourselves over to this place of following. It means we have given over to this place of losing or letting go of all control and entrusting every aspect, every facet of our lives to the one who is completely faithful in everything. Holy Spirit. So we welcome you this day. 
We're excited. I'm excited. I'm grateful that you have joined us. I'm grateful for those who are listening after this live broadcast, watching the video again, or listening on podcasts or on all of your podcasting platforms. If you like podcasts and you also like them in video form, know that Spotify offers that now and we are on. It's not my plug to just go to Spotify, but we are on there with our videos as well. But I know some people like that. They like to see. I am like that in, in many ways. I like to look at even when I'm moving around, I may be listening to a podcast. I like the video form. I can see the inflection and I can see the, the tone and the facial expression and the arm movement of the one who is speaking. <clears throat> but I welcome you on this wonderful Friday, this beautiful Friday, July 15th. And we'll just be a little bit. I have a lot of scriptures. I don't know if we'll get to them today as we dive into our subject and let's, let's pray and we'll, we'll dive right into our subject. Why are we praying before this podcast? <clears throat> because this podcast is about the one who is worthy. It is about Jesus from beginning to end. It is all about him. He's the only one that matters and we want to give him glory. It is not about myself. It is not about any other man, but it is about one, the only one who matters. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one whom we are being transformed and conformed into his very image by his word, by living his life. So let us pray. <clears throat> Father, we love you, and we're so grateful that you love us. We're so grateful that you have died for us, that you gave your life for us, that you are faithful to us. We're grateful and thankful for all that you've already done. If you never do another thing for us, you have done more than enough. You have filled us. You have covered us. You have given us the power of transformation. You have made a way for us to come into the very presence of the Father forever. And then on top of that, you've chosen to bless us of your goodness. So we thank you this day that you allow us the privilege of being discipled at your feet. You allow us the privilege of sitting close to you gazing into your eyes, listening to your voice and receiving what you have for us. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit today that we would be more like you as we honor you, as we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're listening, you're watching and you hear voices in the background, just know I am in my home office and my children <clears throat> are being themselves and they 
are loud, they're excited, they're about to go out, but they're here and we go forward. They are part of God's grand plan. And so even though I ask of them, hey, be a little quiet, they are children. So if you hear them, that is what you're hearing. If you can hear my daughter, I don't know if the mic is picking it up, but if you hear her screaming, she is not upset. She is just being a three-year-old loving life. Amen. So today I want to talk to you from this place, this, this place as we have, we have spoken for the entirety of this year during this podcast around this subject of discovering your purpose, but truly it should have been titled and I, and I should have said discovering his purpose for our lives, your life. What does he have for us? What is his plan for our lives? Because the scripture clearly iterates to us, clearly declares to us, that it's God's divine plan. So what part do we play in the master plan of his kingdom coming to earth? As it is in heaven, Jesus said pray in this manner when he was teaching his disciples. His disciples could have asked him many questions of which they did. I am sure there are a lot more questions that they asked that we do not have record of in the scripture. But they could have asked many things that we have record of. But they saw that Jesus, that the place of his power came from his continual encounter with the Father. From this place that we call prayer, You could say it's intimacy, fellowship, but it was a continual place where the disciples watched their Lord, watched their master, watched our Lord, watched our master consistently go off by himself and pray. And they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said in this manner, which means you don't necessarily have to repeat these exact words. You can, but it is in this vein, in this way, following these precepts. Pray, he says. Our Father means that we're all his children. Our Father, which art in heaven, is his domain. He's our Father, and that is his title. He is a Father. The world declares him as simply God. But for any of us who are believers, whether the word Father has a wonderful connotation to you or whether because of earthly fathers there is a tinge of pain Jesus says he is 
our Father. He is perfect. He is wonderful in all of his ways. There is no earthly father who can compare. So it's safe, Jesus said. He's our father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Give him praise. Acknowledge him for who he is, where he is, and then hallow his name. His name is to be exalted. It is to be adored. It is to be lifted up. There is none like him. There is no comparison. So hallow him. Place him in a space of your life all by himself. Hallowed be thy name. And then he says, you pray in this way. Father, let your kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Oh, here's the big one. Which we probably all have struggled at some point in time if we still do not thy will be done let your will be the center most focus of my life of my family's life not not mine but father your will and then he says on earth as it is in your place father in heaven in the same way that life the abundance of life is in heaven let it be so here in this earth realm so this is what he desires we are told in numbers Numbers 14, 20, the first place you will see this in the scriptures. And it is multiple times throughout the scriptures that the Lord tells Moses that it is his desire. Or he tells Moses that the children of Israel, this current, current generation, because of their <clears throat> complaining, their backbiting, they're wanting to go back to Egypt is another point in that wherever the Lord has freed you from wherever the Lord has taken you from never desire to go back you only go forward with him he is ever moving ever increasing never desire to go back into bondage into places where he freed you simply because it was predictable. You knew what you would face. And because the Lord has called you out into a place of the unknown that is to be lived by faith, never desire to go back. They desired to go back to Egypt because of the predictability of daily living. They knew the quota of bricks they needed to fulfill. They knew what life was like in Goshen. They knew that what they would eat because they were in control of it. Never allow what the Lord has freed you from. Never, or let me say it this way. Never allow your desire to control life 
to cause you to go back to where he's led you out of. But they wanted to be in control. Or so they thought. They were not in control in Egypt. And yet they thought that they were. This place of faith is a place of vulnerability. And only the master is in control. Thy will be done. His will. Not mine. His way. Not mine. Never allow the soul and the flesh's desire to control the spirit's way. The Bible tells us that the spirit of man is at enmity with the flesh and the soul. And they must come into subjection to the spirit. That part of you, which is the real you, which is alive when you become born again your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your flesh. Never allow the cry for control to cause you to go back into bondage because it's the Lord who is in control. He, his will, his way. But he tells Moses, they will not go into the promised land. But he says something so powerful. He says, nevertheless, my glory shall cover the earth. The Lord tells you in that moment of his desire and his design that his glory, his tangible manifest presence, he desires it to cover the earth. We know in other places covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. What's in the sea? It's all water. And he says in the same way, I want my glory, me, all of me to touch humanity. So what's my part in that? What role do I play? Where do I fit in? Someone would ask if you have noticed if you've watched any social media at any point in time in these last couple of weeks you've noticed that we here at the father's house of prayer we have been placing these videos up every day two minutes three minutes praying since the fourth of july praying for every state in our union here in the united states of america for those who may be listening that are outside are in another nation. Someone says, why are you doing this? Because the Lord, I felt the nudge of the Lord to do it. Today we are on day 12, the 12th state, Idaho. We're doing it and we're just doing these videos on social media, praying that someone would catch the heart of the Lord praying that someone would see it and it would stir them to join with the believers, join with the remnant in that state and pray for the glory of God to come down. To pray for unbelievers and believers alike to repent of their sins against the Father, our Father. To pray that our union would be one again. And truly be a union 
a union made one under the blood of Jesus Christ. Under the banner of the Father. Surrendered and yielded to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> it's why we do it. We believe it's his will for us at this moment. It's our part. We don't have today a platform that leads us into every state where we have relationships with ministers and leaders where we go in. So we are simply doing our part. I mentioned to you last week, the prayer warrior, the general of prayer who is in Zion, Illinois for 30 years and every night from 10 p.m. To approximately 5 a.m. or later he would pray for the United States of America until the day the Lord called him home for 30 years the last 12 years of his life he did not set foot outside the doors of his house until they came to take his body out there were grooves in the wood floor where his knees would be nightly. What is your part? Our parts don't necessarily have to be seen. They may be, but so many of us will not be seen by others. And may I say this, it's the things that are unseen that only heaven knows about that heaven knows that you are living and doing in complete obedience that you receive the greatest re rewards for, for so what is our part in Ephesians 4 I'll read this verse I told you I have a lot of scripture and I know we will not get to it as I've already spoken for 20 minutes and I have not gotten to my first scripture. I'm going to read this Ephesians 4, 16. Out of the NIV. The title of this podcast, episode 65, is Embracing the Process. Or you could... We could say it this way. Have you embraced the process or have you embraced his process for your life? Every one of us, the process he has for us is different. Generally speaking, in our society today, we don't like the process. We like to go from promise to manifestation in a day. If the Lord promises something for our lives, we want to see it within 24 hours. I want to read some scriptures leading up and I want to briefly look at the life of Moses if we get there today. And if we don't get there today, maybe the Lord for the next episode, maybe I'll, I'll do it sooner the next week that to get to the life of Moses whatever he desires we will do 
but we have been talking the Ephesians 4 mandate this whole year and today have you embraced his process for your life see when when I was a little boy and many of you will remember this psalm because we have an audience based on the statistics of uh, demographics the age groups are broken down almost evenly and so we have an age group many of whom have never lived through this I remember growing up and we had no microwave it did not exist at least it did not exist for the middle class or the poor the 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 everyday common person and most of our food was not in these pre-packaged that you just throw in the microwave or throw in the oven it's already prepared no no you have to do it from scratch and even more than that my grandmother she was a woman from the south from Louisiana Greensburg Louisiana or Louisiana for those from that area we call it Louisiana little city not even a city town if you even if it reached town status in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans New Orleans <laughs> had one stoplight in their downtown area one grocery store one bank one post office 40 acres or whatever they had on the farm so my grandmother liked to go pick, even though she had moved to Illinois with my grandfather. She still liked to go to the farm to pick food. It was a process. I was hungry. You had to wait for the meal to be prepared. It was a process. But the process was always worth it in the end. Hence my point that in our day, because everything is so convenient with fast food restaurants and that that's another thing when I was a little boy you had McDonald's Burger King and KFC and that was pretty much it maybe we maybe Popeyes was around then I don't know, even know but we didn't go to fast food places every day but now in every corner you have multiple multiple places we have ways to eat quickly and circumvent the process we have infomercials that come on television I believe they still do late at night telling you how to circumvent the process to get to a place that you want and we have a culture today This says, can you just lay hands on me and impart to me your anointing? No, I cannot. It costs me everything. <clears throat> you can only have the anointing that exists on a person's life by going through what they went through to get it. Name a leader, name a person whom you admire greatly and you want to be like them and have what they have. The question is, are you willing to go through what they went through to be where they are? 
Ephesians 4.16. From whom, from him, excuse me, the King James says from whom, the NIV says from him who is Jesus. The whole body, that means every one of us who is a born again believer in Jesus Christ. And if you are listening and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can do it today, right now. All you have to say is, Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner against you and you alone. Please wash me and forgive me of my sin. I want to be a believer, a Christian. I want to be your son, your daughter, your servant. I want to live for you all the days of my life. Come into my life and make me new today in Jesus' name. And then after you pray that prayer, it is important that you begin to be discipled by him, meaning have someone who has lived longer than you as a believer show you what it's like to be a Christian. And it is important for you to walk away from everything that has broken the heart of God and live for him and him alone, not for the culture of our day. It's a process. But for us, from him, the whole, the whole body is joined and held together. By Christ, we are held and joined together. Listen to this. By every supporting ligament, the body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its share. This means that the only way that the body can completely grow up and be full and be whole the way Christ desires it to be is for every one of us to do our part. And not only do our part, but do it contentedly. To do it with joy. To do it without competition. Attempting to be like someone else. No, it is Lord, what is my part? Lord, what have you called me to do? Lord, what do you desire of me? And I will do it and I will be content with it. Not well, if I can't do what I want to do, then I just won't, I won't serve you. I won't do anything. No, I'll, I'll just, no. What have you called me? What is my part today? Because as you're faithful, you'll step into more, quite possibly. And he might say, will you do this for me? I remember Catherine Coleman. And I mentioned her because I, I'm listening to a lot of her these days. Why? Because of the depth of relationship that she had with the Holy Spirit. Not because of the miracles and the power that she did. 
Those are wonderful. And I want to see them in our generation, in our life right now. But because of the depth of relationship with the Holy Spirit, because of the way that she relied upon him, surrendered to him in everything. But Catherine Kuhlman said that she wasn't God's first choice for the assignment that she fulfilled. She says that she was God's third choice because originally God had what she did for a man to do. Not that God is sexist in any kind of way because he's not. It is his plan. He may have had for Miss Kuhlman to do something else. But when those two men did not answer his call, she was called. Here is the thing that I wonder. It's just my question. And I had the question because I remember reading recently about King Saul, the first king of Israel. God did not want the children of Israel to have a king because he wanted to be their only king. But I thought, what if King Saul had simply obeyed the Lord and fulfilled his will? when David was tapped to replace him? Or what if Mephibosheth? What if Jonathan? It would have stayed in his line. What would have happened then if he was obedient to begin with? David came and David had to war and fight the enemies that Saul had been called to deal with. What if, even if David was called to be king, what if Saul had done what he was supposed to and David stepped into the place that his son uh, uh, Solomon occupied? What would have happened? What would have been different? What was God's original plan and desire that he had to adjust because of a refusal to obey where would we be Mrs. Kuhlman what if the first man whom God has spoken to has simply obeyed and yielded where would we be yes we are grateful for the example, for the life, for the history of one Miss Catherine Kuhlman. But what was God's real plan? I guess we'll never know until we come and sit before him. But the point is this, every one of us has a part. And if you're not doing your part, if I am not doing my part, who is being readjusted and reassigned? How are we prolonging the plans of the Lord and what he desires? Who is not benefiting from our obedience? 
Who is still living in bondage today? Whose family is not free? Because I refuse to do my part. Where would we all really be? Where would the body be today? Had we simply been, many of us, accepted our part and done our part? Remove competition. Let me keep moving on. Romans 8, 28. I've already given this verse, but I'm making my case. And I only have a few more minutes. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Not just in word, but in life indeed. For those who love God. <clears throat> to those who are called according, listen to this, according to your purpose, according to his, it says. According to his purpose. So even though you might not like his choice or his plan for you. You want to be like your favorite social media preacher. You want to be like your famous evangelist or pastor who's on TV that you glean from. But that's not the plan he has for you. We must learn to be content with what he has for our life. It is the place of our greatest celebration in heaven is simply to be obedient. It is our place where the rewards for our life. Paul says, I have run my race, he says. I have finished my course, he says. The one that the Lord has for me, not for anyone else. Maybe For someone, we've long left the days where the majority of women stayed at home while their husbands worked. We, we've changed as a society. But in those days when we had one income families, oftentimes the mother who is the great nurturer spent time raising their children in the Lord and out of it birthed many great men and women of God. Today, oftentimes we have two family households because we're in pursuit or two, two members of the family, father and mother who are out working and the children sometimes are, are left to themselves. <clears throat> It is a plot of the enemy to destroy and break down the family. But we are after things sometimes that maybe we shouldn't be after. Maybe we can cut down and get rid of the second car. Maybe we can go into a smaller house because we are after discovering the assignment of the Lord for the entire entirety of the family. What, what, what's, what part does dad play? What part does mom play? What part does however many children? What is God's calling and plan for their life? We must discover that. But if we're too busy running 
the rat race of this life, trying to keep up with the Joneses and acquire more wealth. And, and, and I'm not opposed to having more in that way. But if you go back to the very beginning, Adam and Eve, the first thing that God gave Adam, people will say is a job. No, no, no. It was not a job. He gave him an assignment. It was the plan for his life. That's what he gave Adam. Your job may not be your assignment. Most of us accept, take jobs that we like, we enjoy it, a career, but it may not be the assignment of the Lord for our life. And we live and we die. We live and not discover till we're much older what his plan is. It is his purpose. Let me read a couple of more scriptures. I really wanted to get over to Moses, but <clears throat> that has not happened as of yet. And I pray that you're receiving something out of this today two verses in Matthew Matthew 20 verse 16 and then Matthew 22 14 <clears throat> in this passage he is talking about let me uh, read it verse 1 for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard this is what this entire passage is about and we know that he hired some early and they worked all day and then others in the middle of the day. And then some late and they worked only an hour. And it says in verse 16, so the last will be first and the first last for many are called, but few are chosen. Well, why did he say that? Because in verse 15, there was this, or right before there was this complaint of those who were chosen first and those who were chosen last. They got the same wages. And the landlord, landowner says, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is, or is your, eye, your eye evil because I am good? The landowner says, did not you agree with me in the beginning to receive this amount? They said, yes. And he says, is it not my choice, my prerogative? to give to those who worked last, who finished up, who came and didn't work as much as you? Can I not give them the same thing if I choose? And he says, yes, you do your part. And he says, so the last will be first and the first will be last. Listen to this, here is the point. For many are called, but few. Are chosen. That's what we want to highlight. Uh, but I want to read the next verse in, in Matthew 22, 14. <clears throat> and he describes the kingdom of heaven this way. Matthew 22, 2. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And he went about inviting people into the marriage supper. And he says this. And there was one who came in who was not dressed properly, who did not have the wedding garment, did not come in the right way. And he says in verse 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. 
statement again. Many are called. <clears throat> Every one of us who make Jesus the Lord of our life. We're born again Christians. Every one of us, the Lord has called us to something. But only few of us fulfill it. But only few are chosen to walk in the fullness that the Lord has. Why is that? In between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise is this thing called process. <clears throat> Let me read one more verse and I, I know we'll be out of time. You know, just building this idea of the process and then we'll get into Moses starting in Acts 735 and then in Exodus. But I won't get to do that today. But I pray you're, you're getting something out of this. 1 Corinthians 26 down to verse 31 and then we'll, we'll, we'll close. <clears throat> but many are called every one of us. There's a part that we play. But not every one of us is chosen to play in the game. Is it because God is unrighteous? Far be it for, from us to even say that or think that. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. He is righteous. It is one of his attributes. No, the error is on our side. Many of us don't continue on because we don't know that we are in the process of being made ready in some way or another. Maybe there are things in our life that must be cleansed out and it is taking a process, a, a, a length of time for it to happen. Maybe who we're called to be, there's such a deep work that needs to be done, such a deep well that must be dug, such maturity because the assignment is so large it is beyond anything that we know or even thought of. And oftentimes the Lord does not tell us most of the time, everything up front. I remember Benny Hinn on his show, This Is Your Day, back in like 1999, I was watching it and I've never forgotten this. And he said that oftentimes God will put you on a shelf. <clears throat> You have seen a little success in some aspect of ministry. And you're like, yes, I'm ready for the more. And God then will put you on a shelf and just sit you there to see how you deal with his dealing with you. He will be silent. There will be no miracles. There will be none of this taking place to see how you handle. See if you still want him or are you after the success? See, oftentimes what we don't realize, we don't know where the line blurred from us doing ministry and loving the Lord to us loving ministry more than we love the Lord or whatever it is that you're called to. We begin to love the applause and the praise of men, which now becomes our reward when he wants to be 
our reward. But Benny Hinn said this. He said, had the Lord told me in the beginning all that I would do and all that I would have to go through in order to be what he wanted me to be, he said, I would have told the Lord no. So the Lord does not tell us. But he tells us how grand the future will be. And then we go through the process. Let me, this last verse <clears throat> for today. 1 Corinthians 26. For you see your calling, brethren, the calling the Lord has for your life, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are caused. It does not mean that you aren't smart. You don't pertain a measure of wisdom. But oftentimes the Lord is calling us to places of fulfilling things that aren't our wheelhouse, so to speak. It isn't our place where we have our greatest wisdom or skill set. He's calling us into things that we will have to completely trust and rely upon him for. It may be things that, you know, I knew in the beginning that the Lord was calling me to preach. And when he first called me and I began to go out on the streets, man, it was tough at first going door to door, going, do it, being out on the streets and sharing the gospel in the streets. But then I began to love it. And then all of a sudden the Lord began to speak to me about being a pastor. And I said to the Lord, I don't want to be a pastor. I tried to resist it. Why? Because I had said to the Lord, if what I have seen is being a pastor, I want no parts of it. I have seen, I had seen in the church that I was in many negative poor behavior of pastors. And I said to the Lord because I didn't know if I have to become like them, like what I've seen to be a pastor, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just travel, go church to church and preach as an evangelist, do these things. I would rather do that. But he, it wasn't about me. And it wasn't my place of comfort. It wasn't my wheelhouse. I wasn't a great public speaker. I remember when the Lord began to prepare me. I was in eighth grade and I was asked by our school to give a poem, say a poem publicly. I dreaded it. I dreaded being in front of people. And then you know how we are as kids when your classmates snicker and laugh at you. It just digs it deep, but your teachers wouldn't let you out. And then I go to high school and I'm in honors English and my English professor, he makes you write. I didn't think I could write. I dreaded it. But by the time I was done after four years of honors English, I love writing. But not only that, he began to make you have to speak in front of people. Write Shakespearean sonnets and say them in front of people. I was being pulled out of this com comfort place. But by the time I was a senior and I was a valedictorian and I had to give the valedictory, valedictorian address, I was more comfortable than I had been.
but it was another level to stand before people as an orator for the Lord, a mouthpiece for him, totally different. According, He says, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty. It's not about your strength, not many noble. It's not about your esteem or honor. It's his, our call. But listen to this. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. The places that he's called you and I often, you are not the best qualified. You are not the strongest in the area. You are not the best suited for it, naturally speaking. But God calls you and the world would think you to be foolish and not the best. You will be criticized. You will be lambasted. All of these different things. But it's that. Let's keep reading. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame, the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that are. Here's why. Verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him, verse 30, you are in Christ who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The plan and the calling of God for our life is not about us. Therefore, it won't be about the skill sets that we were born into this world with. It wasn't, won't be about the talent level that we have. I remember sitting before my pastor, years ago before I was in ministry and he says you are talented you have many talents and skills he says but if it were about talent and skill you would be so much further than where you are right now it is about yieldedness and surrender the Lord is not discussing He's not looking at your talents that he's given you. He's not looking at your skills and then basing what he's called you to be, to do in this life based on your talent and skill level. He has a dream and he has a plan that you are and I are. And the way we step into it and begin to be, step into the place of being the chosen is the measure of faith and trust that we have in him. Amen. And I'll, I'll end there. But we are well into, well over the time that I had set to close this podcast out. Lord willing, our next podcast, which will be episode 66, we'll pick up at Acts 735. And we'll begin to, to discuss Moses and look at the process that he went to, through to becoming the deliverer he was born to be from the very beginning. You and I have been born to be a part of God's kingdom coming to this earth. And we must discover what that is. It is not simply, it is not necessarily based on our talents. Not that we were born with. That genetically have passed down to us. Not necessarily based upon our skill. I have a mind that is almost 
photographic in memory at times. But the Lord does not confer with that when it comes to being what he's designed for me to be. And if I'm not careful, I will lean upon that memory and what I know and what I remember as opposed to leading, leaning and being led by his spirit into what he has for me. He does not confer with my athletic ability as it pertains to his calling for my life. He does not confer with all of my other gifts and talents. He is looking for my yieldedness, my surrender, and my willingness to trust him and to have faith in who he is. He is good. Always. Father, we love you. And we thank you for this day. We thank you for the privilege of sitting at your feet and listening to your word. Now, would you allow these words, would you allow this to go deep into our hearts? And would you allow us to be more like you? We thank you this day. We honor you and we magnify you. Teach us to embrace and enjoy the process that you have us on to becoming all that you desire for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that you got a great deal out of that discussion today. And more than anything, that you will begin, we will begin to embrace the process that he has for our life and we will begin to look at it differently for oh, I'm on the road to becoming everything because truly the quicker you and I embrace the process the sooner we arrive at the destination well I bless you this Friday you have been listening to the Father's Table podcast of which yours truly is the host I am Ronnell Tate, your host of the Father's Table Podcast, the lead pastor of the Father's House located in Frisco, Texas, co-founder and director of the Father's House of Prayer, along with my wonderful and beautiful wife, Mariel Tate. Well, we bless you. We say have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. And whatever you do, get to the house of the Lord. Exalt him and praise him this week love you. God bless you. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye.